Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMR Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 414. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today, I have my co-host, John White. John, how are you doing? Doing really well, Eric. Uh, it's, uh, I have to say, though, this is my second, third winter in the Bay Area, and I'm not used to winter. Like, we're down to, what, 40 degrees or something at night, and uh, I, I grew up in Southern California. I, I don't know what's going on. Hey, we're actually getting a cold winter. Instead of a lot of weather, we're getting cold weather. Uh, you know, instead of wet weather, we're getting cold weather. So the drier it is, the colder it gets up here in Northern California. So enjoy it, right? Yeah, get used uh, to it. I don't know about enjoy. Like, my wife and I had to buy a heated mattress pad. I, I didn't know that was a thing, but yeah. I'm very, very happy with it. You know, our people in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and in the eastern seaboard, northern, up near Canada, are looking, listening to you laughing, going, wait, that's, that's summer weather. Anytime it gets into the 40s and 50s, we're in T-shirts and shorts. So maybe you should just lay off the, the, the heating pad comments for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to invoke my uh, SoCal privilege and, uh, and complain about anything, uh, right. anything colder than uh, 68 degrees. That's, that's, that's my limit right there. Today is December 6th. Uh, as we say, we're on podcast 414. Uh, we have Corey Romero here on the beam. He's, he's in the room. Uh, we also have uh, Katie and Julia. Uh, we're live streaming again today. So, hey, how's it going? If you want to watch us and see what we look like, uh, you can go to uh, Facebook uh, VM10 Community. Ooh, we're on the community's homepage, communities.vmware.com, and you can see what we look like. We're not really that attractive, so we just we just have uh, our Mad Men suits on today, so yeah, we're looking good. Two guys with uh, faces for radio. Yeah, that's right. So December 6th, on the show today, we have Kyle Gleed. Kyle is here to talk about the new release of VMware Cloud Foundation, which uh, I think is 2.3. So uh, it went uh, went out yesterday, announced. So we have him on the show to talk about his, his, his new release, what features are there, and so forth. But before we get to Kyle, thought we would uh, spend a little bit of time just talking about the news. Uh, Corey, I think you finally have some news, uh, which is good news from the AWS, getting things out on AWS perspective. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Yeah, I've got some really good news. So we have been building for the past year this vExpert application. It's a vExpert portal for the vExpert application management, and we just deployed it on AWS. And last night we announced our limited beta. So we have a limited beta open to about 25 vExperts and internal folks. Um, after that, which we, the beta closes next week, we may open it to a larger audience depending on um, what bugs we have resolved, and then we will open it up uh, into production, hopefully late next week for vExpert applications for the 2018 program. That's good news. And uh, I know it's, it's one of those things uh, that we're always challenged with, which is how do we get our IT to support AWS? But we've actually gone through yeah. IT security audits and got approved there. And so we're actually running you know, SaaS services uh, that we built and the community helped build, right. which is also really a neat thing because the community helped build this app. Uh, launched on AWS, blessed by IT. Uh, I feel like we're climbing Mount Everest and we've managed to make it. <laughs> It's awesome and exciting. I, I, I wanted to. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. I, I was re really excited to get that email out last night. That was a, a milestone for me. So good stuff. Yeah. Good job. Good job. 
So, uh, John, any anything you want to talk about on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, always a hat tip to uh, Shang Shen at Virtual Shen. Um, he uh, has the Ion VMware uh, compiled a, a interesting list of news. Uh, Q3 earnings call was earlier this week. If you are the type of person who's interested in the financial health of the company that you know whose technology you're investing in, um, that that would be interesting to check out. A uh, you know, spoiler alert, I think it was like 10, 11% uh, year-over-year growth. Um, I don't know that the stock actually reflected that, but who cares about that, right? It's a healthy company. And then IDC actually had a, a an interesting report out that said that vSAN was the number one HCI solution in spending. So um, that that's really uh, interesting to see and, and very heartening. And then uh, I think like a really cool thing was uh, that came out of AWS reInvent, I think, that didn't maybe get as much coverage was the uh, um, AWS Greengrass on vSphere, which is a product which extends some of AWS's uh, what are normally cloud functions out to the edge. So the edge, in this case, being on-prem data centers or anywhere where you have vSphere. So that is a uh, preview. Um, they actually demoed the installation on uh, on stage at AWS reInvent. Oh, and, and of course, the color of the bay, aqua. It was cold, no wind. We, we finally get a little Miami color going. Aqua. Yeah. 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 I've, I've real, never real, actually seen that real color. Ocean yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Katie, um, we are getting reports on the chat that they're not getting guest audio. So Corey audio and possibly Kyle audio isn't showing up. Um, I'm not sure what you, if you can hear them through your headphones. Um, just a just a report there. Okay, um, so Corey, why don't you say just a, a few more words here, just to just to see um, when are you going to expect to GA your VXPert app if everything goes well so with your beta? We expect to GA it uh, next Friday. Is the expected GA date? Um, hopefully, we we have we will hopefully have all the bugs uh, listed and resolved by Wednesday of next week, and then um, we'll do a push to production on Friday. That's the current plan. Okay. So no audio for me here, guys, huh? Yeah, yeah. everybody's like, what's he saying? Right? Yeah. Uh, I'll re-say it. Um, hey, Corey says it's going to be, be done any time now. Yeah, that ain't going <laughs> to work. <laughs> yeah, so I think she, uh, we'll let, let Katie try to figure out how to make the live stream audio work better. Um, I don't, I don't know yeah, what, what she has. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to let her do her thing. Um, so, okay, that's it for the news. Uh, we'll get to Kyle. Uh, so, Kyle Gleed, uh, VMware Cloud Foundation, welcome to the podcast. I think you've been on, you know, several years ago. And uh, so, and we've had Ryan Johnson on before talking about Cloud Foundation. So, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh how long have you been at VMware, and uh, what have you done in the industry before you got to VMware? Okay, so happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I've been at VMware for seven years, a little over seven years. I spent the first uh, four years on the vSphere side of the house, uh, working with vCenter, ESX, ESXi, and uh, working over there. And about three years ago, I moved over to um, my current role in the integrated systems business unit where I'm focused on the software-defined data center. I do a lot of work around the VMware validated designs, and in the last two years, I've uh, focused pretty exclusively on VMware Cloud Foundation. 
Um, prior to uh, joining up with VMware, I spent uh, about 10 years at Symantec uh, working with uh, the Veritas products for any of the old timers out there who can remember the Veritas yep. Volume Manager, Veritas File yep. System Plus Server on Solaris. That's kind of where I um, I was at. And then before that, I, I did 10 years in the, the U.S. Air Force uh, as a Unix admin in the military. So that's kind of my background. Oh, Unix, I know this. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people just learn LS minus L, and you know you're you're well on your way <laughs> to having a career in IT, right? So, yeah. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, awesome. Well, it sounds like a good history. You've been out in the, in the tech and in the OS business and in the technology business and IT for a while. So, um, sounds great. Uh, I know you're at at Kyle Gleed at K Y L E underbar G L E E D, right? Um, so, if you want to yes, give Kyle a follow on Twitter, you can. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get going on uh, what's new with uh, Cloud Foundation. So uh, you guys have been at it. Why don't you tell us a little bit what is Cloud Foundation and uh, you know, uh, how, how's it been going? And then we'll get into 2.3 after you give us a summary of Cloud Foundation. Yeah, sure. So uh, probably, you know, a lot of people get a little confused potentially about Cloud Foundation. You know, we have a history here with the vCloud suite and uh, different types of packaging that we've done around the VMware products. And Cloud Foundation is actually a, a unique offering. We first uh, released our first version, which was the 2.0 version about two years ago. And essentially what we're, we're doing with Cloud Foundation is we're making the software-defined data center easy. So if we look at the components that make up the software-defined data center, you got your vSphere, you got your vSAN, your NSX, you know, your, your, your compute virtualization, your storage virtualization, your network virtualization, and then you later on top of that, the cloud management. And we run these together. And in the past, you know, prior to having Cloud Foundation, if a customer wanted to go down this path of implementing a software-defined data center and building out what we're, we're calling a private cloud nowadays, uh, they would have to, you know, architect each of the components. They'd have to deploy each of the components. They'd have to worry about compatibility and interoperability. And they'd have to worry about how to go in and do patching and upgrading without breaking anything. And, you know, it, it proved to be quite a daunting task. And we at VMware, we got that feedback from the customers and said, hey, we really need to make this easier. We have to be able to look at the software-defined data center as a, a single stack, a single platform on which we could deploy and manage and not have to be so focused about the individual components. And so we set out to do that. Um, and what we did is we introduced this new automation layer through a new product called the VMware SDDC Manager. And with the SDDC manager, we're now able to deploy and manage the entire SDDC stack as though it's a single entity. And we, in terms of VMware, you know, we implement this on a standardized, on a validated architecture that makes it very repeatable, uh, as well as it, it helps customers because when they deploy it, they're deploying it in a way that's been tested and validated and proven. And uh, so we take a lot of that complexity out. And then we also manage the life cycle. So everything from the initial deployment to the ongoing configuration and management, to uh, how we do patching and upgrade is all automated through the SDDC manager. So again, the, the idea here is, is if you think about you know, the experience of going out to VMware Cloud on AWS and, and asking for capacity and how easy that is, we're trying to give you that same experience on-prem on the infrastructure that you own and manage uh, so you can basically have that same ease of use and same simplicity in the private cloud that we see in the public cloud. Yeah, that uh, lifecycle management, Kyle, that's uh, really the exciting part. I, I think we were in here talking to the Power CLI guys, and they mentioned, you know, a good Power CLI person could maybe script 
the bring up of a bunch of the VMware stack from you know doing install install and everything like that. But um, you can't really do Power CLI scripting of an upgrade from say 6.0 vSphere 6.0 to 6.5 along with the vSAN and along with NSX, right? Right. A little and, bit. And yeah, one of the challenges we've seen is, you know, as you mentioned, there are a lot of very sharp uh, admins out there who have some very good uh, talent in terms of scripting and their ability to automate things. And as you do this, and anybody who's who's written scripts to help deploy, for example, vSphere 5.0 and then had to rewrite those scripts to now work with 5.5 and then had to rewrite them again to work with 6.0 and then had to go in and rewrite them again, it becomes a full-time job just maintaining those scripts. And so uh, with the SDC manager, what we're doing is we're leveraging the available APIs in the product and we're, you know, within the integrated systems business unit where I'm at, you know, we're, we're responsible for reaching out to all the different business units within VMware and bringing these products together in a way that makes it very easy and to, you know, to do this, but in a sustainable way, in a way that doesn't require every time there's a new release or a new version, it requires a whole bunch of work uh, to basically go back and rev or update a bunch of the existing automation because that automation is part of the solution and we're actively working on that. So as the next version of vSphere comes out, as the next version of vSAN comes out, that automation is already there in SDC Manager and that's developed in parallel with those releases. And so uh, we're kind of bringing that integration in and hence the name Integrated Systems Business Unit. And Kyle, I, I, again, th this is maybe one of the uh, a secondary effect, maybe not the, the primary effect or the primary goal, but one thing I have noticed is that more and more releases of VMware software include public-facing APIs to do installation, to do installation checks, to do upgrades. Um, and it feels like, and maybe you can confirm more, um, tell me I'm off base, it feels like something like Cloud Foundation and VMware Validated Designs are really driving that. Like if, if we need to be able to do that, then those APIs need to exist. Yes, and that, that's a very good point because as we go in and as we internally at VMware try to go in and do things like automate the deployment and configuration of things, we're finding where the APIs are coming up short and we're able to reach across uh, you know, the aisle there to the business units and say, hey, we're trying to do this, uh, we're missing an API, can we work together to kind of fill these gaps? And so we're, we're bringing some of these shortfalls to light and then that allows us to identify and prioritize and go in and, and address those in order to be more comprehensive in terms of you know, APIs and the ability to do things in, in an automated fashion. Cool, that's really exciting. But I, I think I stepped on uh, you talking about what's actually in that 2.3 release. Yeah, so the 2.3 release, uh, so one of the things we've, you know, with Cloud Foundation, you know, we we first announced, so for folks who've been around a while, you may remember um, our VX Rack, VX Rail days when VMware started that back about, I think, 2014, and then we renamed VX Rack to Evo SDDC, and then um, those were kind of an incubation projects. They were internal projects. And that's where Cloud Foundation got started. So it, used, you know, it started out as that Evo SDDC. And then when we finally went GA with the first official release, um, that was the, the 
we renamed it to uh, VMware Cloud Foundation, and that's why the VMware Cloud Foundation 2.0 was the first official release because the 1.0 was kind of that incubation Evo STDC kind of phase of the product, and then it got renamed when we released it. So it's been out about two years, and so this is our 2.3 release. So we're seeing uh, a quite a bit of uh, progress um, as we've worked through the 2.0, 2.1, 2.2 release, and now the 2.3 release. And so this is a pretty significant milestone for us, and probably the most significant thing in this latest release is where in the prior releases, we had full automation around the compute, the storage, and the network virtualization, so vSphere, vSAN, NSX, uh, but we didn't have the automation around the vRealize suite, so um, the ability to go in and deploy vRealize automation, for example. Um, what we would do is we would use Cloud Foundation to deploy the underlying infrastructure, the, the vSphere, the vSAN, the NSX, and then we would point customers to the VMware validated designs and say, now that you have your foundation, here's how you can manually deploy vRealize automation on top of that. Um, but now with the introduction of the vRealize Suite Lifecycle Manager uh, that was announced right, right around VMworld timeframe, and with the integration with that, we have now been able to, in this 2.3 release, we include the deployment of uh, vRealize operations, vRealize automation, um, and vRealize log insight all through the SDC Manager. So as part of deploying Cloud Foundation, uh, you can deploy those co components uh, leveraging the automation capabilities of the SDC Manager which under the covers is, is leveraging the automation capabilities of the vRealize Suite Lifecycle Manager. So now, with Cloud Foundation 2.3, we're able to, to, to fully automate the deployment of the complete software-defined data center to include the cloud management. And so that's probably one of the bigger features in the release. Um, in addition to that, we have uh, extended some capabilities to help make uh, add some flexibility based on some of our initial customers' experience and some of the feedback. Uh, so, for example, uh, within Cloud Foundation, when you implement um, a private cloud using Cloud Foundation, the building block is really the, the racks in your data center. And so we, we have a very prescriptive architecture for rolling out the racks. Inside each rack, you have a pair of topper rack switches and, and your ready nodes inside those racks. And um, in prior versions, we had a requirement where all the servers within the rack had to be the same, you know, in terms of uh, make and model as well as CPU, memory, and storage. And with that, the reason for that was because the way we we allocate capacity out uh, to the end users to host workloads is by creating what we call workload domains, which are essentially vSphere clusters. And in order to for SDC manager to make sure that the vSphere clusters were balanced and you had the same host, we, we would require all the hosts in the rack to be the same. Uh, with 2.3, we've, we've relaxed that requirement now, and we now allow you to, to combine different configurations within a rack. So this helps facilitate, for example, being able to run test and dev workloads in the same rack with production workloads uh, and be able to properly size the ready nodes in those racks for those different workloads. So if you have some workloads that require a lot of memory, a lot of CPU, but not much storage, you can buy a ready node that's kind of uh, more geared towards uh, lots of memory, lots of CPU, but not so much storage. But at the same time, other workloads, you can buy ready nodes that have a lot more storage, and you can put those in the same rack. So we call that our, our heterogeneous server support. And again, that's going to help customers be able to have a lot more flexibility when they uh, you know, purchase hardware and they, they rack and stack that hardware that they can uh, purchase what they need and capacities and quantities that they need and be able to better utilize that available rack space and get a lot more efficient hardware utilization uh, within their data center. Um, along so that, with that, we have, I'm sorry, um, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, 
the thing that I was always asked when talking about Cloud Foundation was, hey, do my does my uh, management cluster need to be as beefy as the production hosts? You know, um, and it sounds like now that's not necessarily the case. Right, exactly. And so that's that's one of the use cases. Uh, you know, we, we, we go in and we instantiate the private cloud by creating the manager cluster, what we call the manager workload domain. And, uh, you know, customers may not want to buy uh, large boxes, um, more expensive boxes for hosting the management workloads, uh, being that, you know, they can get by with a lot smaller boxes. So uh, that's that's one example of now you can go in and you can buy some of the smaller boxes, put those in the rack, and then when you bring up Cloud Foundation, you can choose those smaller boxes and thus reserve those larger boxes for your compute workloads and things like VDI or, or whatever you're going to run on those um, and not have a bunch of wasted resources tied up with the manual workload domain that uh, because you had to oversize the boxes. That's, uh, that's super exciting, Kyle. That's, that's a really great feature. So, so, so one of the things that uh, I'm interested in is uh, how's adoption of this? Uh, I know that we've we've tied this to some of the Dell server configs, right? That are going out, so that you know, as you buy your rack, you know, up configuration, you can you can get a stack like this. And you know, we won't mention Nutanix or other people that are you know bundling software with with hardware to deploy. But maybe you can talk a little bit about you know you're now at 2.3, so you're not on version one anymore. You're you're a two, and then you're doing you're adding features. And I can see where this feature that you're talking about, which is having multiple servers configured in the rack, is going to is would be important for adoption because I think that's the way a lot of people deploy racks is with a multiple of types of things um, because a rack has a lot of compute these days. So um, what are you learning in the, in the deployment of the product? How's product adoption doing? And what are the places that you're seeing traction? Yeah, so, um, so when you deploy Cloud Foundation, we actually have three options for deploying. Uh, you can go out and you can buy fit the, we have a card, uh, hardware compatibility guide, a VMware Cloud Foundation compatibility guide. Uh, you can Google it and you'll come to it and it's uh, basically a, a website, a VMware website where you can go and say, you know, give me a list of all the hardware that's been qualified for use with Cloud Foundation to include switches, uh, ready nodes, and the different ready node configurations, whether they be hybrid or all flash or whatever. Um, and you can buy, you know, those types of, those, those qualified hardware components. You can put those in the rack and you can cable them up on your own and go through the process that we refer to as imaging and bring up to deploy Cloud Foundation. Um, that's, we, we call that the, uh, the software uh, deployment model. Um, but it's basically kind of a do-it-yourself approach. An another approach is you can go to Dell EMC and you can buy what we call an integrated system. And we have integrated systems available from Fujitsu, from QCT, uh, from, um, from Dell EMC, and, and others as well. Uh, there's a number of them. But you can go to them, and when you buy an integrated system, you basically go to the hardware vendor and say, I want to buy Cloud Foundation. And they will take and they will make sure you have the ready nodes based on the configuration that you ask them for. They will make sure you have the qualified switches. They will put it in the rack. They will cable it up. They will do the imaging, and then when they bring it and they deliver it, you literally have a turnkey solution that you roll into your data center and you turn on and you just go right to configuration. Uh, so that's the integrated system. If you're familiar with the VxRack SDDC, that's exactly what that is. It, it's basically Dell EMC taking VMware Cloud Foundation and 
you know, racking and stacking the hardware, imaging and and, and delivering that to customers. Um, in addition to, you know, racking and stacking and deploying Cloud Foundation, they, of course, have right. some additional value they add in terms of their RMA and their ability to, uh, add, you know, they have some additional components that they layer on top in terms of doing some of the hardware management and things. And then the other vendors have similar solutions as well. And so that's our integrated system. And so we have the software deployment mode where it's kind of a do-it-yourself mode, the integrated system mode. And then the third option is we do have a number of cloud providers that are offering VMware Cloud Foundation as a service where uh, you can go out to them as a cloud provider and they will give you a bare metal service where they will then leverage the automation capabilities SDC manager to automate the deployment, patching, and management of the SDC stack on top of physical infrastructure that you then access as a service. So, uh, you know, IBM, um, Rackspace, CenturyLink announced at VMworld, and then VMware Cloud on AWS is uh, also powered by Cloud Foundation, um, and that's a service that VMware provides. So those are your three options, and uh, across those, the adoption has been very, very great, uh, very well. Uh, we've been very pleased. We have exceeded our expectations, um, and so when we started out two years ago, we were intimidated. We had some pretty hefty what we thought were very hefty goals, and we have been able to achieve those and, and kind of knock those out of the park. So adoption has been very well, and so we're very happy with where things are going. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So I, I picked up uh, IBM, Rackspace. There was a third one you mentioned, and AWS as some of those cloud providers. I want to get that third one. What was the third one that I missed? CenturyLink. CenturyLink, okay. Yeah, and, keep on hearing uh, that, that, that Quanta has a, has a version too. Yeah, and... They have a, a integrated. Um, they have an integrated systems offering. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's that's great progress because I know you know when Nutanix was out and we had a lot of uh, you know we, we got into this integrated business right. Every everybody was sitting back you know because I'm a, I'm an A type person right. I do software deployment model myself and you know and then you know Ryan Johnson came on and started talking about how we're going to bundle all this together and make it something that's turnkey and it'll be easy but then you're stuck with just this given hardware configuration and then i hear places like facebook they're bringing in semi truck full of rack computers already configured and then driving forklifts in and then bringing them up and stick them in in the cloud data centers <laughs> and i'm just kind of like as a practitioner or at least a, i ran a data center for a while and i like doing data center stuff it's like Trying to get my head around, you know, where this is going to play out, and will it be adopted? And um, so, of the of the three models, the software deployment model, the buy it integrated into systems from Dell or others, or the cloud, which do you think has the most traction right now? Um, well, I, th I think it's um, it's really three means to the same ends in the sense of uh, you know our goal here with Cloud Foundation, uh, you know, big part of our goal is to simplify the software defined data center. And in simplifying the software-defined data center, one of our challenges is we need to be able to make, enable our customers to successfully deploy the SDDC stack in a way that's reliable, that they know is going to work, and without any risk. Um, you know, and a big part of the way we do that is by providing a standardized architecture. So at VMware, we have the VMware Validated Designs, which is where we take a bunch of our, our experts, our internal experts, our VR architects, and we, we sit down and as you know, company and as, as people who you know, former customers, we sit down and think about what's the best way to design a software-defined data center? You know, how do I leverage the benefits of vSAN and NSX together with the vSphere in order to maximize my investment and get the most out of this solution? And um, 
those validated designs get extensively documented. We have the, the we document the design objectives, we document design decisions, we talk about the justification for those design decisions, and we publish those. And then once right. we take those those VMware validated designs, what we're doing with Cloud Foundation is we're taking those designs and we're layering on top of that a layer of automation so we can now automate the deployment of a VMware validated design. And so whether you go with a uh, you know, you go with deploying uh, Cloud Foundation on the IBM Cloud, or whether you deploy it inside uh, a rack in your data center, or whether you buy something from Dell EMC, it's the same fundamental architecture. It's a VMware validated design on which you are running. And so anytime you call support, or anytime you, uh, you know, you, you, you have admins who, uh, you know, have experience with, with Cloud Foundation in one area and they go to another area, it's all going to be the same, uh, because it's the same underlying architecture. Um, there's a downside to that in the sense of if we're standardizing on a common architecture, you're going to lose some flexibility. Uh, so, for example, uh, today Cloud Foundation, uh, we leverage vSAN as our primary storage subsystem. We do have the ability to mount IP-based storage, but we do not have support for fiber channel. And so, uh, not yet. Um, so today, if you want to deploy a software-defined data center with fiber channel, then you would go to the VMware validated designs and be able to leverage that guidance to implement it. Um, and then you could look forward to that automated method being provided in the future whenever Cloud Foundation, whenever we get that available as part of the SDDC manager and the automation. So, so really, there, there are three different approaches to kind of the same, same end goal, and that is to simplify the SDDC. In terms of adoption, I would say uh, of the existing customers we have, um, probably half of them are VxRack SDDC. The other half are, are kind of doing it their own with the software deployment, um, or, you know, so I say VxRack SDC or other integration partners. Um, I don't break the numbers down that level. And then um, I don't, you know, VMware Cloud on AWS is kind of right now it's a really hot topic and a lot of people are going crazy. I don't have much visibility into that. So I can't really say, um, you know, yeah, how that pretty pairs. Yeah. I, I mean, but, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for either A or B, right? A, software deployment yeah. model, because I'm an IT practitioner and, I still want to believe that IT practitioners have a role in the world in designing and offering configurations that, that give your company a competitive advantage from a systems perspective. So that's where my heart is. So I'm, I'm pulling for A, you know, the software deployment model with VMware validated designs. But I've also heard that Dell and VxRack are actually doing really well in the market also. So, uh, you know, it, yeah, could be, it could give us a, a run for our money from the standpoint of just buying it all pre-configured in and then, you know, getting a forklift, bringing it in, and bolting it into racks and powering the stuff up. Yeah, and, and my personal spectrum. preference, you know, being a guy on the inside with Cloud Foundation, uh, my personal preference is go with VxRack SDDC. Go with that turnkey solution. I don't want to spend my, my weekend and my nights in racking uh, servers and cabling servers. If I can buy them already racked and stacked, um, then great. Because what that's going to do is that's going to free up my time as an admin. I can focus more of my time on building blueprints and building templates and figuring out how my content library and how do I make ISOs available and how am I going to back this up and, and more around you know, how to, to do those things to help the businesses consume the software-defined data center. And I'm spending less of my time actually in the data center, you know, plugging things in and racking and stacking and trying to worry about firmware versions and vSAN and, and things like that. So, so there's, there's definite value. Now, obviously, that approach is going to maybe come at a little bit more of a premium because uh, you know, these integration partners are going to want to uh, charge a little extra for the value they add. So if I don't want to go with that approach, 
I'm a VCDX, I've got the experience, I can knock this out and I want to dedicate the time, then yeah, I can go with the, the software deployment. So either either approach is going to be the exact same when you get to the end of the day. It's just how you get there and you know what, how you want to prioritize. All right, so on uh, getting back to 2.3 and the vRealize suite, you know, lifecycle manager integrations that are there, um, uh-huh. you know, that's, that's interesting on its own right. Uh, now I, I, start, I start, you know, wondering, are there VMware validated designs for vRealize suite setup and configuration and, and management and best practices around how to use vRealize to get the most out of, out of what I've deployed and, and how to manage that appropriately. Are you guys considering uh, that next layer up on how to, how to manage uh, using vRealize uh, suite? Yeah, so, so right now, um, you know, within the architecture, so, uh, you know, one of the reasons why we waited until 2.3 to provide the automation for vRealize automation and vRealize operations is because we were waiting for the vRealize suite installer. So um, the vRealize team, they, they had their vRealize suite lifecycle manager appliance that they deploy, uh, that they use to deploy the, the stack. And so we're just leveraging that. Now, really, where where the validated design aspect comes in is when you deploy vRealize op- automation, as you know, most people are, who have done it before can attest to. Uh, there's multiple components. There's a vRealize uh, automation appliance. There's a, so a, a couple some Windows components where you have to run IIS. We call that the IIS server. Then there's Catherine's appliances. Um, you deploy these, and when you deploy these in an enterprise-type configuration, you're going to want to deploy redundant instances, provide high availability. You're going to want to front-end that with load balancers, and and that's where we start getting into the detailed aspects of the design. And so, uh, within the VMware Validate design, we we lay all that out in terms of um, where are we providing load balancing, how are we configuring the load balancer, and uh, you know where are we providing that redundancy, and and. So then what we do with the SDDC manager is the SDDC manager, when you go in and say, I want to deploy vRealize automation, is you go in and you say, I want to deploy it. You go and give it the parameters you want. The same holds true for vRealize operations in terms of, you know, the size and the the type of configuration. And then it will basically hand off that, uh, it will take that input and pass it off to the the vRealize suite lifecycle manager that will go in and do the deployment. And in course of doing that deployment, we're going to deploy NSX Edge services gateways. They're going to uh, configure the load balancers. They're going to sit in front of these components. We're going to manage IP addresses, and we're going to automate a lot of that complexity. You know, and if you think about it, you know, to to do, go and do all that manually, you know, you're looking at 60, 70, if not 100 different steps that are going to have to be done, um, and it will take you several days, if not a week or so, to get that implemented. But when you leverage the automation, you really get that down down to a matter of a few hours. And uh, and then when you're done, you have this um, production-ready deployment um, that uh, now has uh, a configuration that has you know in line with the VMware validated design and including all those features. And now you're ready to go in and start creating your blueprints and your templates and your business groups and fabric groups and and, and figuring all that out. Um, and because you know it only took you a few hours to get it employed, deployed, now you can go ahead and start spending your time figuring out how you want to use it in terms of, um, you know, making it available for the business. That's a, that's a huge amount of value. I mean, I, I, I'm, I keep on hearing stories of customers that actually, um, you know, go through the process of deploying the realized automation, maybe haven't taken the install configuration managed uh, class yet, 
Um, maybe they have, but it's still the first time that they're doing it in production anywhere. It doesn't quite go right. You know, there's a there's a whole cycle of of GSS support, right? Um, hey, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Oh, now we finally figured it out, and we're you know 100 days into the entire project. And to to basically just cut all that out and say, you know, here's the choices that I've made. You know, boom, here's a, an enterprise deployment. But there's a huge amount of value there. Yeah, and you, know, and you mentioned GSS uh, and you know, calling and, and how you know, I think we've all had that experience of we call support with an outage and we spend the first 30 minutes to an hour just helping acquaint the support staff with my environment so that they can begin to troubleshoot. Uh, with Cloud Foundation, you call support. They're going to know immediately what your environment looks like. And we actually provide a, a set of uh, tools we call it SOS, uh, Service and Sustainability, I think is what it stands for. It's kind of a, a weird acronym, but the SOS. And you can basically run that, and it will gather all the logs and um, in a bundle that you can then just send to support. Um, they know your your architecture because you're running on the, the Cloud Foundation. And it can really facilitate a lot of the, uh, the troubleshooting efforts as well. In addition, it's also good to point out that um, we are deploying like vRealize Log Insight as part of Cloud Foundation. And so we have log aggregation set up. Uh, when you deploy vRealize operations, we're deploying management packs along with that. We employ the content packs with the login site. And so we're, we're leveraging those available tools to do the monitoring, the health monitoring, the troubleshooting, and the log aggregation as part of the, the, the deployment. So you can start leveraging those tools as well to help make it easy to, uh, to troubleshoot and to monitor your deployment after you're, you've done that. Very cool. Mike, so right after VMworld, we actually had the uh... – the GSS people in here, I think is one of the VPs, um, who was talking about the Skyline product, um, which mm -hmm. is a you know, log aggregation and phone home uh, automatically uploading logs to GSS. So when there's a problem, GSS already has the logs. Is it on the roadmap to include the deployment of that for a customer yes. that maybe already has mission critical or business critical support? Yes, uh, I'm actually in uh, in California this week with uh, our product mar marketing team and the tech marketing team and the product management team, and we're doing some some internal planning here as we head into the end of the year. And that was one of the things we we actually talked about yesterday was the roadmap and where we're at with features such as that. Very cool. So we had uh, Tom Korn in talking about uh, app defense and some of the application security requirements. Um, so that just makes me think about security in general. Um, where does security play into all this? Because if I'm, if I'm deploying these things as, as stacks, pre-configured stacks, and we start talking about using the, the STD stack to control security and do segmentation and so forth, uh, do you guys uh, consider that as part of your design? Yeah, that's a key part. And when you think about the design of Cloud Foundation and the designing it as a hybrid cloud solution, so one of the things we're thinking through here and we're trying to be very proactive in is this idea that just because you're running a workload in your data center as part of a private cloud today doesn't mean that workload may never will never go to the public cloud. Or just because I deploy something on VMware Cloud on AWS today doesn't mean I may never want to bring it back on-prem. And so that potential mobility uh, across these different environments creates a challenge, um, lots of challenges. and by standardizing on the VMware SDC and having the same foundation across both environments, we are really enabling this vision of a hybrid cloud because now we have this ability to move, move workloads back and forth without having to worry about converting VM formats or having to worry about things like if I deploy on-prem with an all-flash vSAN using compression and deduplication, 
and then I try and move that into the public cloud, and suddenly my storage cost goes through the roof, or I consume twice as much capacity because those same types of storage capabilities don't exist. Um, it can present present problems that kind of you know we can talk about the hybrid vision, but we can actually go in and start trying to implement it and realize that we can start running into challenges. And security is a big part of that because since we're running on top of vSphere and we have vSphere encryption and we have vSAN with its security capabilities, we have NSX, we can make sure that if I go in and implement a storage policy and I associate that storage policy to a workload, then I move that workload either from one point in my on-prem, one rack to another rack, or I move it from on-prem to off-prem, that storage that security policy will follow that workload as it moves around in the hybrid cloud. And we're just really leveraging those existing capabilities within the SDDC stack to include, you know, from everything from being able to, you know, deploy a workload through VRA to include a security policy to being able to then, you know, as you vMotion that workload around, uh, have that security policy follow with it to be able to leverage VM encryption through the ESXi or leverage the vSAN capabilities. Um, that's all built in to Cloud Foundation, but we don't really build it into Cloud Foundation as much as we just inherit that from all the subcomponents. And then in Cloud Foundation, we just make it easy for make sure you, you're able to leverage and use those capabilities. Right. Right. And, and actually, that, that triggers another question in my mind. You, you mentioned cost and cost planning and cost comparison. Part of the Realize Suite is the Realize Business. Is that part of the um, SDDC manager's integration with LCM then, the ability to that, deploy the Realize Business? Yeah, not yet. So today with 2.3, we do um, Log Insight, VR Ops, and VRA. We don't do Realize Business. We don't do Realize Network Insight. Those are roadmap items. So typically the way we, we uh, approach it is um, if you have a requirement for virtualized business, you deploy Cloud Foundation, you leverage the SDC manager to automate the deployment of what you can, and then for those other proponents, you, can you go to the VMware validated design and manually layer those on. And then as we go forward, you'll see those added to the automation as uh, the next versions come out. You'll see that we'll include these other components uh, over time. Got it. And then. My last question just about maybe the feature scope is, um, is, is it possible or, or is it uh, available today? You know, it doesn't matter what version of vRealize Suite that I'm, I'm deploying, be it, be it standard or, or enterprise or advanced. Okay, um, that's, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, so there's actually two, two parts to that question I'd like to, to talk about. So one is, uh, just versions of the products in general. So um, as you know, we have vSphere 6.5, we have vSAN 6.3, I mean uh, NSX 6.3, vSAN 6.6, VROps, you know, might be uh, 7, I don't know, VROps, VROps 7.2. We also include uh, Horizon in there as well. And so all these different versions, um, one of the things that we do as part of Cloud Foundation is we have a software bill of materials, which is basically we take all the different products and we take the, the versions of those, and we we test and validate those, and we lock in on those versions. So when you deploy Cloud Foundation, you're going to deploy the software versions that have been tested and validated. And then going forward, as new updates become available, we take those updates in-house, we test and validate them on the architecture and with all the other components to ensure ongoing compatibility and interoperability, and then once those tests are complete, we then push those updates out as update bundles. And then those update bundles are uh, downloaded by SDC Manager, and then we automate the uh, 
the deploying of those software updates to the stack in a way that allows you to do it with no no interruption to the hosted workloads in a way that no downtime in a seamless fashion. And so so in terms of the actual versions of the product, you are um, we do have a software build materials and you, you will follow that. And so, for example, if I'm running Cloud Foundation and a new vSphere update becomes available, I don't just go apply that vSphere update. What I do is I go to the SDC manager and I have to get that update through the SDC manager and make sure I, I apply it with that. Now, in terms of the additions, um, we do have uh, different, when we sell Cloud Foundation, we'd follow kind of the convention that VMware has of a standard enterprise, uh, standard advanced enterprise where, for example, if you buy the vCloud Foundation standard edition, it doesn't include the vRise automation, um, but it will include the vRise operations. If you go to the, the advanced and the enterprise editions, you see additional capabilities come in. Um, the higher editions will have some of the more advanced capabilities like uh, cross vCenter NSX and disaster recovery and things like that. Uh, and some of those will be missing from the lower end editions. So depending on, on what your requirements are and what edition you purchase, it will include the different features and functionalities associated with the different, you know, editions of the product in terms of advanced, standard, and, and enterprise. Is that is that new in 2.3 or, or, or a previous version that there's so, different editions of Cloud Foundation? So as part of the uh, 2.3 release, there is some significant changes going on with the way we do pricing and packaging. I'm not uh, really up to speed on a lot of those, but we, we've been working uh, quite hard to try and simplify it. Um, one of the things we've done in the past is we've allowed customers to, um, if you're a customer and you have vSAN and you have vSphere, we allow you to take the existing vSAN and vSphere, regardless of which editions you may be running, well, vSphere we require enterprise, but for vSAN, um, and you can roll those into a Cloud Foundation deal where you just purchase the pieces you're missing, the NSX and the SDC manager, and you kind of can, can build your Cloud Foundation based on adding. Um, and, uh, you know, so we have a lot of flexibility in there. And I think going forward, um, some of that will, will continue um, in the sense that we, we've done everything we can to try and make it very easy to make it for customers to to take their existing investment in VMware and to make that move to Cloud Foundation without having to double up or reinvest on things they've already purchased. Um, however, you know, just like everything else, um, if you want to take advantage of all flash and dedupe and compression, you'll need to make sure you have the right addition that's going to bring those features with you. If you want to take advantage of cross vCenter NSX, you'll need to make sure you have those right. So, so if you come in with a lower addition, it may limit some of the functionality that you may have in the solution. Okay, we have uh, about eight more minutes left till we're at the top of the hour. Uh, thought I would uh, ask one of the questions in chat uh, was back uh, when we're talking about multiple configurations in the rack, um, somebody asks, uh, uh, can we have different servers from different vendors? Ooh, yeah, good question. Um, so today, no. Uh, so we, we we require all the servers be the same vendor, um, uh, the same family, but we we support different configurations within that. Um, this is actually a, a, a question that I asked um, a couple of weeks ago as I was preparing for the announcement and I was getting clarification. Um, word from engineering is, is we suspect that it will work to take and combine different vendors within a rack. There are some... Right. Um, the manual workarounds that would be required. So for example, when we image a rack, so we go through this process of imaging a rack, um, it's, it's a process wherein 
we have an appliance that we call the VIA. It's an imaging appliance that we, uh, we, we rack the hardware up in the rack and we point the VIA to the rack and we say, go image this. Within the VIA, we don't really have the ability to say, use the Dell ISO for these five and use the HP ISO for these five and you know to account for different VIBs and different um, capabilities. So um, we'd have to manually work around that uh, by maybe like imaging the first five first and then imaging the next five second or something like that. So there's a way to work around that. So there are some known issues where it could be a problem. But once you get them imaged and in the rack, um, we don't anticipate there being any issue with being able to uh, um, operate with a, a multi-vendors in the same rack. But there are some other areas that we need to consider. For example, when you have different size servers in a rack and you go out and you create a vSphere workload domain, I mean a, a Cloud Foundation workload domain, which is essentially a vSphere cluster, we have to make sure that if we have a mix of hybrid and all flash or we have a mix of servers um, in terms of CPU architectures or memory configurations, that we steer the customer through the selection process to make sure that the workload domains or the vSphere clusters we create are compatible and are balanced. You know, we don't want to create a situation where we let you create a, a four-node cluster, then you have a, a failure in your cluster, and suddenly you have VMs that can't fail over because you had some servers with more memory, some servers with less memory, and you ran out of capacity. So we got to be able to guard against that. And some of those guardrails are there today. Some of those are things that we need to put in place. So because of um, the need to maybe put some additional touches around some of this, uh, we're not yet ready to support different vendors um, uh, but uh, that's something that uh, we are looking to do in the future. The heterogeneity comes complexity, right? So yes, okay. And, work and the truth, this is one of those things where when we talk to customers, we don't really have a lot of customers who are asking for this. Most of the customers we work with, um, you know, they're they're HP shops, they're Dell shops. Um, there are some that have different, but the ones that do have different. Vendors uh, would typically have different racks, and so this is something that we we've asked. Hey, is this something customers want to do? And the response we've got back is kind of a shrug and says, "Well, I hadn't really thought about that. It's not the way I work today." So, um, so it hasn't been a big priority for us. But that said, um, in looking at what we've done to enable the different configurations, we don't really see where it would be a problem to add that in the future. So, I, I would say, you know, all disclaimers in place. Um, it's likely we we could add that in the future, um, but it's not there to just buy Dell, just buy Dell, just buy everything Dell, and you're you're good to go. <laughs> that's, that's that's my answer, everybody. Just just keep keep going, keep go. buying Dell. Right. Uh, one other thing, uh, as we we final up here, STDC Manager. Are there HOL labs for the STD Manager? If you want to go play with play with how um, that's behaving. Yeah, so uh, we do have in the HOL um, the 1844 labs. There's an 1844.01 and an 1844.02. Uh, one covers uh, using Cloud Foundation to deploy a private cloud, and the other is Cloud Foundation to deploy a public cloud using IBM as, a, as an example. Um, these are what we call interactive simulation labs. So they're not a true lab. Uh, obviously, to go in and to deploy the full SDDC stack inside of an HOL environment um, is very big and very hard to do. So since we can't really run the full stack in a nested configuration, uh, what, we, uh, what we did is we leveraged the capabilities of the interactive simulation where we essentially, it's a recording. We, re we recorded the process of deploying, um, creating workload domains, and, and doing some of the things you would do. We've recorded that, and then you go into the lab, and you can read the lab manual. And as you read the lab manual, you can step through the recording 
to kind of see what that experience is like. So those are available, and you can go out and take those anytime. And that's a good kind of 100-level introduction to, hey, what does SCC Manager UI look like? What are some of the basic capabilities? How do I create a workload domain? What is a workload domain? Um, aside from that, we, we do have a nested configuration that we can use. We do fly around the country and host what we call social labs, where we actually bring in uh, you know, 20 to 25 customers into a, a VMware learning facility, and we actually give them a hands-on experience uh, using a nested uh, version of Cloud Foundation that's available as well. So if you hear about VMware Cloud Foundation and social labs, that's what that is. It's the same thing we did at VMworld for the expert-led workshops. Um, but that's what we have today. Um, and uh, going forward, um, we're trying to make that nested environment that's the more real world uh, available through the hands-on lab. And so we're working with the HOL team to try and make that happen. But today, the best we have are these uh, what we call iSIMs or these recorded demos you can step through using the HOL uh, learning platform. Fantastic. And those are free. So uh, people yeah, can they're go, free, go and you can take them multiple work. times. And, uh, we also have Great. a bunch of demos that are available on the Cloud Foundation YouTube channel. So you search for VMware Cloud Foundation YouTube, and you'll come up with a playlist. And you can see a bunch of uh, demos there as well. And we're in the process, actually, of updating those for 2.3 uh, right now. So. Well, listen, I, I appreciate all the work you do. Uh, you know, we've we've had that we've had a good run the last couple of quarters, um, and it's because you guys are doing doing all this work, and uh, the, the Dell integrations are doing well. I hear VxRack is doing great, and so uh, good job to everybody on the team. I, I got to give you credit. I was a little skeptical when uh, Ryan came on in the early days talking about validate designs and you know this first idea of a manager that will manage all this and i'm like i don't know there's a lot of a lot of components have to be integrated together but as our product line has grown i think it's kind of critical to start doing this kind of stuff because it's the only way to consume all the software that we do have um, which is yeah which is great thanks appreciate that appreciate it. kyle gleed uh at k-y-l-e underbar g-l-e-e-d uh thanks for coming on the show and, and talking to us for an hour that's that's great uh, john yeah, anything else thanks. you want to add before we wrap up no, no, I just uh, also my endorsement is just really exciting stuff, and I would definitely endorse doing that hands-on lab. It, it, it helped me understand a lot about the product and what it's all about. All right. Well, another another week gone by. I keep saying that we're going to do 6.5 reasons to upgrade to 6.5, but uh, I think it's next week. So um, uh, join us again. We're doing them. I think we're booked on podcasts all the way to the end of January. So thanks, Tommy Berry, for making that happen. If you're doing a blog article and you want to get some uh, some interest, talk to Elsa Mayer. We're going to be uh, bringing some bloggers in and talking to bloggers on the show as we go forward as well, just to get uh, our V expert bloggers exposure. Corey Romero, thanks for doing the beta update. Good to see you Absolutely. on the beam. And uh, we're going to run all the way up through Christmas. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, everybody.